0: As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I am in the middle of training for a half marathon right now, which is unprecedented. And I've already talked about that, so I'm not going to go over it again. But I'm not usually a runner, but lately I've been running. So I guess I'm a runner now, okay? But I'm working up to it. It's a slow progress, right? Anyways, I went on a run today and every week i do like one long run and then throughout the week i'll do shorter runs right but each week i try to bump up my long run so today i did 7 miles which i have never run before i've never run i've never run that far and last week i did 6 miles and i was like dreading it because i had never run that far before then either but it ended up just being like an uncharacteristically good and easy run like, it just went really well, and I went a lot faster than I expected, and I just did, I guess I, I feel like I just did a really good job of pacing myself, and so it just went smoothly. So after that, I felt really good about it, and I was like, wow, like, I'm really seeing a lot of improvement in my running, and I was like all, I was all excited about it, Okay. So then going into this run today, I was like, you know, okay, it's going to go like the last one did because last week I did six miles and it was pretty easy. So, you know, seven, piece of cake, whatever, it'll be fine. Okay. But I was wrong. Okay. Because here's the thing. I woke up this morning and I wasn't really feeling it. I just was tired and I was like, I, the last thing I want to do is run. And it's kind of a gloomy day out today. And so I just, the vibes were off. Okay. And I was like, I do not feel like going on a seven mile run. This is the last thing I want to do. But I was like, I need to, I just need to do it. I just need to do it and force myself to go. And so I did. And I started and the first mile went good. And then the second mile was fine. And then after that, I was tapped out. Like I was tired. My Um, My calves were, like, tight and hurting, and my knees were hurting, and my feet were hurting, and I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm cold, okay? Like, I'm exhausted. So I ended up walking a lot on this run, and I was disappointed in myself because I just was like, man, I'm just not doing as good as I want to be right now. And I just ended up running it slower than I wanted to. And... And I thought I I I was better at running than this. You know, I was kind of like, man, I have run farther than two miles before without stopping to walk. So I was just like, what is going on? But here's the thing. Now I'm thinking about it and it's like, you know what, Anna, you're being too hard on yourself because working out is something... And I think this is not just with working out. This is just with life in general. Like, you're going to have good days and you're going to have off days, you know, And so with running, it's like you're going to have some really good runs where you feel great about it. And also you're going to have some really bad runs randomly. And who knows why that is? It could be because you haven't slept as much lately. You could be emotionally exhausted about something. You could just not be really feeling it. Maybe you had a harder workout earlier in the week and so your body's just tired. It could be a multitude of things. And you don't know what that is. And you're going to have good days and bad days. And I just need to... I needed that little reminder. I needed this little pep talk. Because it's easy to be hard on ourselves about stuff like that. It's easy to be like, well, why am I not consistently improving? The thing is, you are consistently improving. But that doesn't mean you have to be improving every single day. Or even every single week. It's up and down. You know, you plateau. And then you get really... You get a lot better. You might get a little worse. You know, it's just... The pr- is part of the process. You gotta trust the process. I feel like that that's like such a uh, such a cliche thing to say, but like it's true. <laughs> so that's all, that's all I have to say. That's my little spiel about running. By recently, I mean in the past year, for about a year, I have gotten really into watching basketball, specifically the NBA. And it happened randomly. It was because, so last year, I got a refund for some concert tickets because the concert that I gotten tickets for had been canceled due to COVID. And they kept postponing it and postponing it. And finally, they were like, you know what? We're just going to give you your money back. But they gave me my money back in like store credit. So I had to use the money on other tickets to something. And I was like, I don't really have another concert that I want to go to. And so I texted my brother, my little brother. And I was like, listen, let's go to a basketball game. And he was like yeah, let's do it. So we bought the tickets and we went, it was just like on a whim. I'd never, I've never really, I've never been into watching sports ever. Like I'm not really, I'd say like I'm a relatively active person. Like I like doing things that are active and outside and stuff, but I'm not like a super sporty person. Like I'm just not really into sports. at least I haven't been in the past. And so this was kind of just like a random thing that I was doing. But I went to this basketball game, I went to this NBA game, and it was so fun. Like, one of the funnest things I've ever done, okay? And I was there, and I was like, this is, like, so chill, but, like, exciting. And everyone's here just, like, cheering for this team. And it was just, like, a really good time. And I didn't have close tickets or anything. Like, I got, like, cheap tickets up at the top of the stadium. But the great thing about basketball is that it doesn't really matter that much because you can see, you can see what's going on. You know what I mean? Down on the court, wherever you are. And so I just had like the best time. And then after that, I started to just get like really into it. And I went to a few other games last year um, with my brother. Always. We went to probably like four or five games and Then I started watching the games, like, whenever they were on, like, on TV. And this was just, like, so weird for me because I (laughs) – it's so (laughs) uncharacteristic. Like, I never did that before. But I was watching games and I was, like, having people over to watch games. And, like, I'd have food and be like, guys, come over to watch this game, you know? And I just, like, love – I love it. And so I've been watching the games – We're watching some basketball this season, and I kind of wanted to unpack this a little bit because it's so random. So, this is why I love watching basketball. First, my brain turns off when I watch basketball. Okay, something about it is like I'm watching the game, and like suddenly, nothing else matters. Not that I'm super invested, like, normally, when I am watching, I'll kind of be like doing something else on my phone, or I'll be chatting with the people that I'm with, or I'll be like making food or something. Like I'm multitasking, but just the game being on turns off my brain. And like I'm definitely a big overthinker and I get anxious about a lot of things. And so my brain is always working at a mile a minute. Okay. Like I'm always thinking about stuff. I'm most of the time stressing about stuff. And for some reason, Basketball games are very therapeutic and I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. But that's just like a really, it's a weird effect that it has on me. It just chills me out, okay? I just think it's also a fun vibe. I think, you know, if you... If you're going to the game, you can like grab some food on the way and you can kind of, you know, dress up in like a cool outfit and you can just like chill. You're chilling there in your seat and you got the game going on, but you're also chatting with your friends and it's like fun. You're taking pictures and stuff. You're up in the city, you know, on the way back, you can grab a milkshake. That's what I usually do. Or if you're watching it at, like, your house, you're having people over, you can make some snacks, you know, you got, like, chips or whatever, and you're just, like, chilling. I don't know, like, there's just something, like, really chill but also exciting about it. And the reason I like basketball specifically is because it's fast-paced. Like, I, I cannot do football. I cannot watch football. It is so slow and boring to me, but basketball is way faster i mean there's always movement on the court and there's always things going on and it's just like it's a lot more interesting to me to watch and i just feel like it is the perfect activity it is the perfect social activity and it's also good to be antisocial. like i'll just i'll watch a lot of games by myself and i'll just like chill i'll make dinner and i'll watch or whatever but all, it's just so, it's such a good opportunity to get people together because if you're going to a game, it's fun. And if you're just watching it at your place, it's fun. And it's a little bit like less commitment than having people over for like a movie, for example, because I feel like with a movie, I love movie nights. I think they're great, but movies are a little bit more of a commitment because when you have people over to watch a movie, you can talk through the movie. But also, like, I feel like a lot of people don't really like that. I'm kind of a movie talker. I like talking through movies. Not, like, so much that I don't know what's going on in the movie. But, like, I'm one to kind of, like, make comments about the movie as it's going. And I feel like a lot of people don't like that. But whatever. That's just what I do. Sorry. But I just feel like, in general, movies are not super conducive to having social interaction. Because you're all there to, like, watch the movie. The lights are turned off. You're all just, like, focusing on what's happening on the screen. Whereas with basketball, like... It's not like that. Or with any sport. Specifically, I like watching basketball, but I think this is true for any sport. You know, lights are on. Food is out. People are chatting. People are getting up and down. Like, it's non-committal. It's non-committal. And that's what's so nice about it, is that it just, overall, if you have not watched basketball in the past and you've never been interested in it, try it. Because it is relaxing. It's chill. It's fun. And it's a great way to get people together. And it's a great way to not get people together and to just be by yourself. So give it a try. I'm because, I mean, you don't have to, but like, I like it. So that's all. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Let's, um, let's do a little bit of talking about come follow me. Today is a great topic. We are talking about love specifically the love that God has for us and the love that we have for him and how the Lord always invites us to come back to him which I think is pretty sick and that's the first thing that I want to talk about is that the Lord is merciful and forgiving and no matter what we do we can just come back. And he loves us anyways, and he forgives us, and he forgets about the things that we've done wrong. Last week, we talked a little bit about spiritual apathy and how it's harder to come back and do the right thing after you've been neglecting those things for a while. You know, like, for example, if I go several months, which, like, I'm ashamed to say that I have done this many times. If I go several months without reading my scriptures, after a while, it's kind of like, I should really do that. I should really read my scriptures. But it's like, it just doesn't feel like it's going to be genuine anymore because I haven't been doing it. You know what I mean? And it kind of feels like, oh, like... Is Heavenly Father kind of mad at me, you know? Does he know that, like, I really don't want to do that, and the only reason that I would be doing it is because I kind of feel like I need to and I should, you know? Those kind of, that, those thoughts make it hard to come back and do the right thing after you haven't been, and they're, I mean, not valid. They're not valid thoughts, because Heavenly Father doesn't think that way. He just wants us to do the right thing, okay? He does not want our spiritual apathy or anything else to get in the way of us doing the right thing. He just wants us to do it because he loves us and he wants us to come back to him and be like him because he wants us to have the most joy possible, right? And so while it is a real struggle to kind of shift your mindset with that, It's important to remind ourselves that Heavenly Father does not think that way. We think that way. So I want to talk next about a personal experience. Okay. There's been several, I mean, there's been a lot of times in my life where like I have been kind of spiritually apathetic and I like to think that a lot of people have that same experience I hope at least that it's just it's easy to get into ruts when it comes to doing I don't know like when it comes to reading scriptures or like maybe going to church or going to the temple like those kinds of things are sometimes just hard to make ourselves do because they can feel kind of boring and monotonous and it's I think it's okay to admit that there's a reason that choosing the right is so hard And it's because of that partly, right, is because sometimes it just is not that exciting or fun. And sometimes I would rather watch an hour of YouTube than go to the temple, which is like, obviously, like, go to the temple. It's good. And I I've been making more time lately to do that. But like, it's easy to have that mindset. And a couple years ago, like I was I went through kind of like my longest period of spiritual apathy. And I was not really doing anything to build my testimony at all. I also, at the same time, I was dealing with depression. And it was situational depression, which is different than like clinical depression because situational depression is like a direct result of something bad happening in your life. And so it wasn't like a permanent thing. It was kind of like a thing that I needed to work through. And so for like a year... I was dealing with that depression and I think that like that played a pretty big role in also my spiritual apathy is because I just was struggling with mental illness at the same time. So I was kind of going through this rut where I wasn't really doing anything that had to do with the gospel. And that's not to say that like I didn't think it was true or that I was like trying to leave the church or anything like that. I just was basically being lazy. And I just didn't have the energy, emotionally, mentally, to do that, really. And it was hard. It was really hard for me. And I was down. And I didn't know how to lift myself up out of that, like, depressive state. And then I really started working on lifting myself out of that kind of, like, depressive state that I was in. Okay? I, I put a lot of... I put a lot of thought into it. I put a lot of work into it. And it's weird. The thing about depression is it's like you can't even... Like For the most part, I have always been like a pretty productive person. I really like being busy and I like getting things done. But while I was dealing with this, I was the total opposite. You know, and it's weird how that it can change you so much. But even doing like really small things felt like really hard. And so... I just started slowly kind of working myself back up and I would, I would add things to my daily routine and I would force myself to do those things. And they were easy things at first. And then I would, you know, add another thing on top of that, another thing on top of that and kind of slowly build myself back up to like doing a normal number of things every day. And one of those things eventually was reading something gospel related, even if it was just like a page. I was like, I just need to do something, right? And also, like, praying once a day. You know, I was just trying to, like... I was trying to work myself back up to doing a normal amount of things and not being spiritually apathetic anymore because I didn't want to be. And I remember I... I was going through this, and I really did kind of just slowly work myself out of my depressive state and also out of the spiritual apathy. And suddenly I was feeling really good, and I was mentally a lot healthier, and I was also gaining a testimony and doing really good in that area. And I remember thinking, like, why didn't I do this earlier? This was, like, hard, but it's so simple, right? I have a point to this, okay? So... After I kind of was doing better, and I remember I got an email after I'd kind of been working on myself and trying to do better, and I was in a good spot, I got an email from one of my high school friends, and she was on a mission. And she emailed me, and she was kind of like checking in to be like, hey, like, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well, you know, I've been thinking about you lately, and... I just want you to know that I've been putting your name on the temple prayer roll for, like, the past several weeks. And I read that, and I was like, this makes a lot of s- I've been having help. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, this makes a lot of sense. And the crazy thing was that, like, she had no idea what was going on in my life. I hadn't seen her for a really long time. She didn't know that I'd been struggling, but she just did it. Clearly, she'd had some kind of revelation. That, to me, looking back, is, like, such a clear example of the Lord reaching out to me and helping me come back to him, you know? And I think for most of my experiences that have been like that, where the Lord has reached out to me or, like, I've recognized some kind of, like, small blessing or small miracle in my life, it's been through another person. I think that a lot of the time, at least from my experience, Heavenly Father blesses me through someone else and I that just was a crazy I hope I explained that good because that was like a just a crazy experience to me like I'd realized that throughout the time that I had been working on improving myself the whole time my friend had been putting my name on the prayer roll and that I had been being prayed for you know over and over again and that extra strength just I think made all the difference. You know, it changed my life. And I think this kind of thing happens more than we recognize. You know, I think that Heavenly Father reaches out to us in a lot of different ways. And I, at least I would imagine that I don't recognize them all. I just happen to recognize this one because it was a pretty obvious one to me. So next, I kind of want to talk about how we can show Heavenly Father our love and loyalty. I think first and foremost, obedience is like the primary way that we show our love to Heavenly Father. When we respect Heavenly Father's commandments, we respect him, you know? And I think that obedience is an outward indicator of how we feel on the inside. Not always. Everybody has things that they struggle with. And even the most dedicated members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who love Heavenly Father more than anything have things that they struggle with. They have kind of like hypocritical things that they do wrong. You know, like everybody has those things. Okay. But in general, obedience is a pretty clear indicator to us and to heavenly father of how we feel about him and how we love him. And so I have a little story about this because a few years ago I got a double piercing. Okay. And you members of the church know that we, it's not a commandment to not have like more than one piercing really, but we were counseled not to by the prophet. And so we don't really do that. And, but I got one, not even for any rebellious reason, just because I really wanted one. And I was like, whatever, you know? And so I got one and I wore, you know, double piercings for a couple of years. And about, let's see, about a year and a half ago, maybe. So this, I guess it was probably, it was like three years ago that I got the double piercing. And then about a year and a half ago, I was kind of thinking about it you know I was like honestly like I I don't even know what prompted this thought really but suddenly I was like why am I still wearing this you know like I feel like I want to show my love for Heavenly Father and my respect for what he's told me to do and I just suddenly I was like this double piercing is not reflecting how I feel about heavenly father. It's reflecting the opposite, you know. And so I kind of made the decision that day like I'm not going to wear my double piercings anymore. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave them. And since then I haven't I have not, you know, I've only worn one earring in each ear. And I don't know how much heavenly father cares about that. You know, he might not really care. But to me, it makes a big difference because that's an outside indicator of how much I love Heavenly Father that is proving to myself that I love him and that I am making sacrifices. Well, you know, quote unquote sacrifices. It's not really a sacrifice, but that I'm making changes in my daily life because I love him. I think that when we give things up like that, that quote unquote sacrifice shows us and heavenly father how much we care and how much we want to become more like him and i think that's kind of on the same lines of like tithing you know the same thing it's an outside indicator of of how how we feel on the inside next up i want to talk about being versus doing okay Because in this Come Follow Me lesson this week, we learned that devotion to God needs to be felt on the inside and not just expressed on the outside. So what we've just talked about is that what we do on the outside kind of reflects what we're feeling on the inside. But I also said that that's not always the case, okay? And this is now what we're going to talk about. While those outward indicators do carry some weight, they don't carry all the weight, right? One of the My personal favorite things to talk about when it comes to the gospel is that the Lord looks on our heart. It's holistic. He's not just looking at what you're doing. He's looking at what you're being, what you're feeling, you know. It's not just, so it's not just about what you do, but it's about what you are and who you are. I really like this because I am a perfectionist. And so throughout my teenage years, I struggled a lot with the fact that I was not perfect and I was not doing everything completely right all the time. I think a lot of people, not even just in like the church of Jesus Christ, but in a lot of religions, maybe even specifically Christian religions, I don't know, but... I just think that perfectionism is something that a lot of people have trouble with. This concept of Heavenly Father looking on our hearts and judging us based off of our intentions and our goals, you know, that takes the pressure off of us to be perfect, okay? Because that means that I can mess up. But Heavenly Father still knows that I love him and that I want to be like him. He knows my intentions, you know. Even if I do something wrong, that's not ruining anything. Because I can just repent for it. I can just repent and I can try to be better. And even if I do the same thing wrong over and over again, same thing. He knows the intentions of my heart. So as long as I am trying, as long as my intentions are good... He's cool. And this is why we should not judge others, right? We're told not to judge others, like, at all. Judging is not our job. It's Heavenly Father's job. And so we are not supposed to be judging others. And the reason is because we can't judge others accurately because we don't know their intentions of their heart, you know? We might think that we do. Sometimes we really think that we do. I mean, I judge people all the time. But it's okay because, you know, Heavenly Father knows my intentions are good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, that doesn't mean judging's okay. But all I'm saying is it's the same concept of like, I don't need to be perfect, right? Because we're working towards that. We're working towards being perfect our whole lives. We're not going to ever get there in this life. So this is why we shouldn't judge others because we don't know what they're feeling inwardly. And I think that in this gospel, we can get caught up in the doings, you know, We can get caught up in the going to church, going to the temple, listening to a conference talk, reading my scriptures, saying my prayers, you know, like doing my ministering, magnifying my calling, all of those things, right? Those are all fantastic things. They're all things that are a part of the church because they benefit us. But it's also important to focus on the being. And I... I think in a lot of cases, the being comes first. You know what I mean? Because while we need to be here, we need to magnify our callings. For example, I'll use callings as an example. While we're here, it's really important to magnify our callings and to fulfill our callings, you know, and to be dedicated to those. The reason we're on this earth is not to, you know, kill it at our calling. It's to be Christ-like. And so I just think that it's important to focus on who you're being, right? And then the doings will follow. Lastly, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Okay. President Russell M. Nelson said recently, In coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Let's unpack this. Why is revelation essential to surviving spiritually? I would argue it is essential because our relationship with God is a relationship. And relationships cannot survive if they're one-sided, right? We have really important things to do on this earth while we're here. And we can only know what they are through revelation. We need guidance in our lives, And I mean, I know that I need guidance all the time. Like, I always, I don't trust myself to make any decisions. I'm always like, you know, Heavenly Father, what should I do? And a lot of the time, I have to make the decision. (laughs) I recently kind of had this epiphany that Heavenly Father doesn't care about a lot of my decisions. Like, not that he doesn't care. He loves me. He cares about me. But a lot of decisions are inconsequential eternally, you know? And he's just like, you know what to do. Okay, you do it. And that's something that was hard for me to realize because I don't super trust myself to make any decisions and I just kind of wish that Heavenly Father would tell me what to do always and I I can just do it. But that's not how life is. However, while this is the case, we also need his input on a lot of things too. And sometimes the input we need from him is that we need to just make the decision, right? Or that there even is a decision to be made. And so... I think that the reason we need revelation is because in order for us to learn the things we need to learn on this earth and to do the things we need to do on this earth that are going to make us better people, we need Heavenly Father to tell us what those things are. And so lastly, I want to talk a little bit about how you can increase your capacity to receive personal revelation. First and foremost is simple. Do the right thing. When we are choosing the right, when we are just CTRing everywhere we go, we can have the Holy Ghost with us. And that's that's a primary answer. Okay. That's an easy that's we've known that. We've been knowing that, okay, for a long time. When we choose the right, we have the Holy Ghost with us. We are able to receive promptings and revelation more often. Also, not just doing, but being. Like we just talked about, being the type of person that can receive revelation. For me, something that I do wrong—I don't know if it's necessarily wrong—but something that I can improve on is having more quiet time in the day where I can actually receive revelation. I'm a big like media consumer. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I listen to a lot of music. And so I don't actually have a lot of time in the day where I am being quiet. And I that's something that I just, I do need to work on because I do think that being someone who can receive revelation involves being someone who lets their thoughts wander and makes time in their day to be quiet so that they have, you're giving heavenly father an opportunity to to speak to you because like if i am constantly engaged in some kind of media like i usually am that's not providing an opportunity for the holy ghost to talk to me that's decreasing my capacity to receive personal revelation because it's decreasing the amount of time that is available to me to receive revelation lastly is a is the hardest one and it's one that i don't like it to admit but An important part of increasing your capacity to receive personal revelation is being willing to act on whatever revelation you get, no matter what it is. And most of the time, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Most of the time when I'm praying for things, I'm hoping for a specific answer, you know? And a lot of the, I mean, every time when I do that, I don't get an answer. Because I'm hoping for a specific outcome. And Heavenly Father knows if he gives me some the, the answer that I don't want, I'm not going to listen to it anyways. And So I don't get an answer when I'm praying in that way. And it's not until I accept that I will do anything that the Lord asks of me, regardless of what it is, regardless if I want to do it or not, that's when I receive the revelation. And usually, it's been the thing that I don't want to do. not always, but, but I, I, maybe I shouldn't say usually. Okay. But sometimes it's the thing that I want to do. And sometimes it's the thing that I don't want to do. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Okay. Because it's easy to pray for things and just be like, Hey, please give me this. When in reality, that's not the most effective thing sometimes to do. Sometimes you just need to say, listen, I don't know what to do here. I will do whatever you want. Just tell me what it is and I will, you know. And God, since he knows your intentions, he looks on your heart. He knows who you're being and what you're being. He knows whether you're willing to do whatever he asks of you. And if you are then that increases your capacity to receive personal revelation because you're demonstrating trust in him. Those are those are some points on how to increase your capacity to receive personal revelation. Those are all the points that I had planned for this episode today. So, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed Please connect with me on social media. My Instagram is greenbananaspodcast and my Twitter is greenbananaspod. It's pretty fun on there. And I'm hoping to start kind of posting like questions and stuff to um, get topic ideas from my listeners. So, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you followed me on those social platforms. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening i'd really appreciate it and i'd also really appreciate it if you left a rating and a review so thank you i love you all you're all amazing and have a wonderful week you're all super hot and cool and i will talk to you next week bye